Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Ask the Experts right here on Talk 1370, the show about your health, your life, and much more with our rotating cast of experts. You can catch up on all of our past shows on talk1370.com slash experts. And of course, if you have a question that you would like answered on air, feel free to email us, asktheexperts at talk1370.com. Today's guest is Peter Brady. And Peter is here to speak about everything that you need to know about your roofing needs. Peter, welcome to the program. Thanks, sir. Peter, let's go ahead and start with this. Can you let our listeners know about Alpha Roofing? Absolutely. Um, so Alpha Roofing was founded in October of 2014. Um, my partner and I, Ryan Anderson, um, both retired from professional hockey back uh, back in 2006, actually. Um, and uh, once we retired from hockey, we decided that we were going to uh, start a roofing company. Now, we basically worked as independent contractors for multiple different roofing contractors as an independent Mm -hmm. Um, and then essentially decided to go off and do it on our, on our own after that. Uh, so in October of 2014 is when we decided to make that, that jump, so to speak. Um, and essentially have been uh, responsible for everything, uh, which is what we wanted, you know, what we found that, uh, for us, um, you know, making sure that we were in control of the entire process from, you know, the sale, um, from the beginning of the project to the installation of the roof, um, was really important to us. So we could make sure that, you know, the things we promised the client, we're actually going to be what happened. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately in Texas with the way roofing is, it's unlicensed. It's kind of the wild west in Texas. So yeah. uh, we just wanted to make sure that if we were going to be, you know, presenting ourselves to homeowners and, um, you know, promising things that those things were actually going to happen and nobody else was going to come over top and, you know, make changes that mm -hmm. we weren't aware of. So like I said, uh, we got to a point where um, we just said enough's enough and we wanted to do it on our own and, and start Alpha Roofing. So why'd you, is that how you guys landed in Austin by just being independent contractors? Well, uh, Ryan and I both played for the Austin Ice Bats. Okay. And so that's how we both ended up in Austin. And then we both retired uh, roughly at the same time frame and uh, found, had to find something else to do. Yeah. <laughs> so once you retire from hockey. Yeah, you it's kinda, pretty young age when you retire from exactly, hockey. Exactly. It's kind of a funny thing to say, right? Retire from hockey at 28, I did. And uh, Ryan was roughly the same age. So, um, you know, it's not really retirement. It's moving on to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, for the last, uh, 12 years, um, I've been fully immersed in this industry and doing nothing but, um, you know, insurance claims and roofing inspections and roofing installs. And Ryan and I are, are, we complement each other quite well. Um, I do the front end, uh, meeting with homeowners, insurance adjusters, and Ryan does the back end where he makes sure that the, uh, installation goes smooth and, and, uh, waterproofs that roof to make sure that it doesn't leak. So it's a good combination. One, two punch. And so what is a, what is your philosophy at Alpha Roofing with regards to how you run your operation and who works for the company? Yeah, uh, good question. So basically, we, uh, we, we want to lead the industry. And, and Texas is unregulated. We want to um, essentially create um, our business in, a in, 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 a, in such a way that we regulate ourselves. In other words, we only hire people who are um, very trustworthy in the industry. So all my sales guys, all my field reps are former insurance adjusters. And the reason why that is important is because 
Um, insurance adjusters, when they are licensed, they have an ethical uh, portion to that license that they have to maintain every two years. They can't be, you know, they can't have any um, convictions or any, you know, issues as far as um, as far as that's concerned. Uh, but also, it's a good vetting process for their technical capability and understanding how to estimate a project and understanding what leaks and, and why a leak happens and how to prevent any uh, for future leaks. So in other words, you know, we're getting guys that are trained by insurance carriers that, you know, for example, uh, some some insurance carriers spend fifty to sixty thousand dollars on an adjuster before they even send them out on the field. So we're you know, we're basically taking advantage of that and, and bringing adjusters on board that are ready for a change and, and uh, you know, don't want to deal with that corporate structure anymore and basically translates their talents into the uh, sales part of the industry. And uh, we've found that that translates quite well. Um, so we're getting very top-notch uh, people to be a part of it. And then on the production side, uh, you no, know, we only have one crew, um, mm -hmm. one crew that we've been using now for nine years. Why do we use that one crew? Because they are incredible they're consistent they clean up after themselves they do high-end work um, and we like to um, you know make sure that when we sit in front of a homeowner and tell them you know a through z is going to happen that a through z actually happens and we don't omit you know f and g and and t you know we want to make sure that the things that we talk about are going to be consistent throughout the production process our crews know what to expect from us they know how clean we want a job site to be we know uh, they know our expectations and that way we ensure consistency. So our, our model, our plan, our business plan, so to speak, is to make sure that everything stays consistent um, and we treat everybody exactly the same way with a, a good quality workmanship um, and um, an installation that they can count on. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters for everybody is that that roof doesn't leak. You know, for us, it matters as much as it does for the homeowner that that roof gets installed properly and, and doesn't leak because we want to be here for the next you know, hundred years. So uh, this is, you know, Ryan and I's um, um, baby, so to speak. So, you know, we're, we're not planning on being anywhere else other than the Austin area uh, doing roofing for a long time. And again, if you want to get a hold of Alpha Roofing, you can go through their website, alpharoofingtexas.com. Again, that's alpharoofingtexas.com, or you can give them a call today, 512-777-10086. Peter, um, you guys are from what I gather, a local company, but do you guys chase storms and can you tell us why that would matter? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, as in uh, anything, um, being local is very important. Uh, in other words, you know, um, roofing especially becomes a, a, a business where people can, you know, find out where the hailstorms happen throughout the country and kind of settle into those markets for a few months and, and make some money. The, the issue with that is that, um, you know, roofs, um, there's two things. You have to have good crews to install the roofs, or else they're going to leak. Mm -hmm. um, that's just something that's going to happen if you don't trust and know the the uh, the guys that are installing the roof. But also, um, you know, as far as customer service, you know, warranty work, those kinds of things. Um, you know, going out of your um, location is not uh, is not a good idea when it comes to consistency and making sure that we're there on the back end. Uh, to help any clients if there are any issues. Um, obviously, our goal is to make sure that the roof is installed properly. But hey, sometimes, you know, there's things that happen. We like to come right back um, if there is a leak and, and make sure we take care of it uh, because it's very important that that uh, our installations are are well done. So um, why local matters is that, you know, we're not, we're not only going to stay here, but we don't go and chase storms. Um, we have another office in, in Dallas, a uh, satellite office in Dallas, but that's the extent of it. Basically, we run between Dallas and San Antonio, um, mm -hmm. that whole central Texas corridor, 
uh, but we've got um, everything that we need uh, to answer and respond to any uh, warranty issues to um, you know, make sure that our crews are the ones that are going out to those locations to do the installation so we can guarantee the quality of the workmanship. Um, and again, you know, uh, Chasing Storms is basically a recipe for a roofing company to, to pretty much, you know, expand in a way where it's not, um, it's not sustainable. So uh, again, our goal is to be around for a long time and Chasing Storms really leads to a lot of uh, issues and unhappy customers, um, you know, from, from my experience um, seeing how other roofing companies try to do that and how it come kind of comes back to yeah. to not only bite them but also the customer, which is the one that's going to suffer the most from that. So, Peter, is your uh, is Alpha Roofing insured? And if so, why why is that important? Yeah, no, uh, we are absolutely. And if if anything, we're over insured. Um, so we're a part of multiple uh, preferred programs with insurance carriers, and they require they require higher end uh, insurance coverage just to make sure that. You know, not only are uh, is the client the insured uh, covered, you know, in the in the hap in the happenstance that, you know, somebody were to injure themselves on site, one of our, you know, um, our installers gets you know injured, or if there's you know a freak storm that comes through while we're installing the roof and the roof is exposed and the house gets you know flooded, uh, we want to make sure that if that you know act, something like that were to happen, that you know we have all our our bases covered and. Um, you know, unfortunately in Texas, insurance is not required. Again, no license, no insurance requirements in Texas. It's kind of the, the wild west, so to speak. Um, but we, we, like I said, are, are fully insured for, um, if anything, over overly insured uh, when it comes to it because of our relationships inside of the preferred programs that we, we perform. But, you know, any, any um, whether it be, you know, through an insurance program or just somebody saying, hey, I need a roof and I'm paying out of pocket, uh, you know, we're insured the same way for every single job that we do. Um, and why that's important, again, is to, to protect the, uh, the homeowner at the end of the day. That's the, that, that's the person that, you know, um, is liable the most. Uh, if anything happens on somebody's property and the contractor is not insured, then the homeowner is responsible for mm-hmm. it and the homeowner's insurance is responsible for it. And that's never a good thing. Um, so for us, it's important that we uh, take that liability off of our clients and put it on us, which it should be. It should be on us, and we're comfortable with that. And we have time for just one more question. Can you let us know what sets you apart from other typical roofing companies? You know, we're serious about about what we do. And um, you know, like, like I said, trying to bring a new standard to the roofing industry in Texas, um, I think it's uh, it's been a long time coming. I think there needs to be a lot more um, contractors making sure that they do the things that we are doing to uh, ensure that homeowners... Uh, get a quality experience out of the process and, you know, fly-by-nights and and, uh, and fraudulent activity, those kinds of things really hurt the industry as a whole. And we're just trying to spearhead uh, a new way of operating because at the end of the day, um, there's one clear process through this, you know, to do with everything right. Uh, you have to make sure that you invest in the people that work for you. And, and uh, that's what we do. Again, to contact uh, Peter and his team at Alpha Roofing, you can visit their website, alpharoofingtexas.com, or give them a call, 512-777-10086. We're going to step aside and take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We have more Ask the Experts coming up right here on Talk 1370. Welcome back to Ask the Experts right here on Talk 1370. I'm your host, Matt Alvarez. 
Today, we're sitting down with Peter Brady from Alpha Roofing. Peter, before we went on the break, I, we were speaking about what sets your company apart from other typical roofing companies. So on uh, for this next question, I wanted to ask, what does hail and wind damage inspection entail? Well, that's a good question. So, um, you know, the, the one thing that we run into a lot here in Texas, obviously, is, you know, hailstorms, and we do get quite a bit of severe weather. Um, from the standpoint of, you know, a roof, what, what damages a roof? Um, there's a lot of things that damage the roof. You know, the sun damages the roof every day, mm -hmm. uh, for example. But uh, insurance doesn't cover sun damage, wear and tear, those types of things. Um, so there are two covered uh, perils or named perils, wind and hail, um, that insurance can pay for. In other words, if a storm comes through and your home gets hit with hail, not only do we inspect the roof, but we'll inspect your gutters, your window screens, your fence, all the things uh, on your property um, when it comes to that, because those are all covered. But um, as far as a hail and wind inspection, when we get up on the roof, what we look for is you know, signs, obviously, if a hail storms come through, uh, signs of hail damage. Um, and, and what those look like are, are typically, you know, um, spots on the roof that are soft, a lot like the back of your hand. Um, there's a softness to it. There's some missing granule, granules. Um, when you fit your thumb inside, you can feel a softness. There's a halo effect. There's some embedded granules inside of that mat. There's some very consistent um, uh, clues to what a hail strike looks like. And obviously, depending on how big the hail is, you know, it'll give us, you know, um, it'll be easier to spot. So if right. you've got hail that's the size of softballs, it's not very hard. You know, anybody can kind of yeah. spot that. But if you've got, you know, hail the size of quarter of a quarter, which is typically the, the, the maximum or the minimum size that's going to cause damage, typically, uh, depending on the age of the roof. But um, you know, if you've got quarter size hail, it can cause damage, but sometimes you have to really kind of look a little bit and, and see. Um, but yeah, basically when we take a look at a roof, um, if we inspect it for hail, we're looking for those signs. Um, if we're looking for wind, we're looking for missing, torn, creased shingles that um, the force of the wind has caused the damage. Uh, those are all items that are covered by your insurance. And if there's enough of uh, enough hail damage or enough wind damage, insurance pays for a full roof replacement and we can help with that process as well. So I got a three-part question for you. How would I file a claim with my insurance company and what are the things to be aware of when I file the claim in regards to my premium and claim history? Right. Yeah, that's a really good question. So, um, you know, when it comes to a, a weather event like a hailstorm or, or, or a storm that has high wind or any event, a severe event, um, basically the thing to keep in mind is that um, those under... If there's any damage to the property, when it comes to insurance, they're, they're, they're considered acts of, an act of God. In other words, you can't do anything to prevent that storm from coming through. It's going to come through no matter what. Um, you can't move your house out of the way. You can't put a tent over your house to protect it. Uh, and so basically, um, filing a claim at that point doesn't even matter as far as your premium is concerned. It has to do with the area. So you can't be penalized for filing a claim when it's an act of God, essentially. Um, it's, you're part of a pool of people in an area. So if the storm is really severe, you know, it's a whole, maybe a whole group of zip codes in a city, or if it's a smaller event, it's going to be one or two zip codes, but essentially whether you file a claim or not, um, your premiums can be affected by a, by a weather event, but it's not on an individual basis. In other words, you know, if you file a claim and, and, um, and there's no damage or, or the insurance does pay for, for the roof, you're not going to be penalized as far as your premium for your claim. It has to do with everybody up and down your street or, or in that zip code. And if there's enough people filing claims, then the premiums will be reset accordingly. So uh, when it comes to, you know, hail and wind, um, you know, what we want to do first and foremost when we meet with a client is let them know if it's worth filing a claim, first of, 
first and foremost. I have been on many roofs where there is hail damage, but the damage is extremely minor. The roof's in excellent condition, and it's not worth replacing the roof at that point in time. Now, I don't make that decision. I'll let the homeowner know that scenario, and the homeowner can decide, hey, yeah, I still want to file a claim, or no, I don't. You know, I, I agree with you know, your, your assessment. But the, the point being is that we don't go into a situation trying to direct a client or a homeowner into to a certain path. You know, we don't want to show up and, and, and tell them, yeah, you know, no matter what, file a claim because you never know what's going to happen. That's, 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 you know, typically the, the roofing mentality is, you know, you get out there and you just get the adjuster to come out no matter what because you never know what they'll say. Well, you know, in my opinion, that's not how we best serve our customers. The way we best serve them is we shoot them straight, tell them exactly what uh, we're seeing. I like to tell homeowners what I would do if this was my home, because when it comes from that perspective, I know I'm I'm giving advice that I would give myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just want to make sure we're informing people of the situation. Uh, and then they can make their own decision if they want to file a claim or not. But as far as, um, you know, if you're, if you're penalized for filing a claim because there's a hail or windstorm, the, the short answer is no, you're not on an individual basis, but you are part of a pool uh, of people that are insured in an area. And if there's enough people that file claims, whether you file a claim or not, you know, your premiums could 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 increase. But um, that's why it's important for roofers not to tell homeowners to file a claim no matter what and, and point them in that direction because you're essentially not only affecting them, but you're affecting that whole pool of people, right? Yeah. So uh, ethically, it's just not the right thing to do. And, you know, what what does an insurance adjuster look for uh, when they uh, or inspect when they when they come out on a property and a property damage claim. Yeah, that's another good question. Um, so basically, you know, we are all trained on in the field as adjusters, so we have the same uh, guidelines. In other words, when we look for is three of the four directional slopes. So on every roof, you have a north, south, east, and west direction. What we do is we'll drop a ten foot by ten foot square using children's chalk just to kind of. Uh, you know, make marks to know what that 10 foot by 10 foot square looks like. And then we inspect inside that 10 foot by 10 foot square for at least eight hits of hail. Sometimes there's more, sometimes there's less. Now, once we get to that magic number of eight, and if we get three of the four directional slopes that have that type of damage, um, that's what triggers insurance to pay for full replacement. Um, Now, when we inspect the roof, and if I only see, you know, one hit per 10 foot by 10 foot square or three or four, it's only on one directional slope or two, Every situation is different, but that's what we tell homeowners. We'll let you know exactly what uh, we're finding and, and what those test squares results are. Um, and then a uh, homeowner obviously can decide what they want to do. But um, again, we were looking for you know, signs of consi- that are consistent with hail damage, which is a circular shape, halo pattern, embedded granules, a softness to the, uh, to the, to the touch, uh, showing an impact and a bruising and a damage. Damage was caused by a hailstone. Uh, wind-wise, uh, wind is a lot more obvious. You know, we're looking for missing, creased, torn shingles. Uh, but with wind, um, you know, multiple slopes have to have multiple shingles missing. Uh, there's less total full roof replacements based off of wind. Uh, you know, if you're in a tornado or, or a hurricane, that's when typically wind damage will be sufficient to, you know, to be worth full replacement. But typically, hail um, is more consistent as far as you know not. Um, not needing repair, but needing replacement. But wind damage is the opposite. More more times, more often than not, we can repair wind damage without replacing the full roof. Mm-hmm. So um, once the insurance company has seen the damage on the roof, how does the insurance company come up with their quote once they agree to pay for all the damages? Yeah, um, it's actually a very, very simple process. Um, there's a software that uh, insurance, I'd say 90% of the insurance companies use and the other 10% uses a secondary software. But um, the main software that uh, insurance companies use 
um, is the same that we use to price out our projects. So it, as long as we have the size of the roof and we can count the number of you know, pipe jacks and vents and uh, you know, ridge vent and accessories and, and steepness of the roof and you know if it's one story or two, we basically put all those, um, those uh, statistics or those parameters inside of the software and it gives us a price for the market that we're in and the time of year. So in other words, you know, when I go up on a roof and, you know, estimate for it, I'm not just deciding on the numbers that I want to put in there. Um, I go, I, my numbers are based off of a price list that's, uh, that we draw from, um, that gives me the, the average cost for, uh, roofing, uh, in the market that we're in, in this case, Austin, uh, for the time of year, in this case, July, and gives us the average cost of what everybody's doing work for. And so when we put an estimate together and when the insurance puts an estimate together, it's based off of the market value, the average that everybody's getting work done in that area. So uh, those numbers are really easy to uh, compute when you have the size of the roof and all those other items. So you basically plug that into the software. It spits out a number. It's basically a universal number that's agreed upon by insurance. And um, our company, basically that's our, that's our pricing model. We work right off of that software. And so the communication between us and insurance carriers is very smooth. There's no, uh, there's no back and forth on pricing and arguing and nothing like that. You know, we do it for a fair price. Um, homeowner gets a good job, great job. Uh, we do a lot of things where we add extra value to the projects as well. Uh, we'll upgrade where we can, uh, at no additional cost when we're dealing with an insurance claim, um, to try to give homeowners as much value as possible. Cause we understand deductibles are, are, uh, you know, are an out-of-pocket cost. And, and um, you know, although we cannot subsidize the deductible in any way, shape, or form, um, as per, you know, um, as per insurance regulations, what we can do is add value to the project and, you know, make your shingles better or, or make the underlayment better or, or add, you know, ventilation or, or do things that uh, makes your roof better than it was. So when we're done with your roof, it's better than it was before. And Peter, our, our time has gone by so quickly here, and we have just a little bit left for this one final question. So a lot of roofers claim they can subsidize the deductible amount. Is that okay with insurance? Yeah, no, and that kind of kind of a little bit of a continuation on my last point. So with deductibles, it's very clear. Uh, there's no, you know, gray area. Um, deductibles uh, cannot be subsidized by even a penny. You know, um, insurance carriers, unfortunately, uh, deal with a lot of that. Um, and they've they've changed their guidelines to make sure that um, that uh, it's very clear for both the roofer and and the homeowner of what's what's expected. And so deductibles, you know, they're part of the project. They're the only out of pocket that a, that a homeowner has to spend when they're dealing with an insurance claim. So no matter what the amount of that job is, their only out of pocket is that deductible amount. And so again, like I said before, um, you know, we can't subsidize it, but I do believe in being competitive, and and I do believe in giving homeowners something better than they already had. So what we can do, and, and which is completely you know, in line with, with regulation and which actually insurance companies really appreciate as well, is that we upgrade roofs at no additional cost. Uh, homeowner, again, pays their deductible, but you know, we'll upgrade your shingles, we'll upgrade your underlayments, we'll upgrade your ventilation system, we'll you know, uh, upgrade the warranties, those, those kinds of things that we can do to be more, uh, to, to give value. Because I do believe in that. I believe in being competitive. I believe in, in giving homeowners value for their hard-earned dollars and and that's how we achieve that. And, um, you know, a lot of clients um, are very responsive to that. They appreciate it. And at the end of the day, I'm making, I'm putting a better roof on, but also I'm protecting my my business as well because I'm putting a roof that's going to be even better at running water. And at the end of the day, that's why we do it. You know, dollars and cents of things are, are there and it is what it is. But, you know, um, installing these roofs and making sure they're installed properly and better than they were before, that ensures that our company will be around for a long time. 
Peter, I want to thank you again for joining us on the program and letting us know about well, just all our roofing needs and everything that Alpha Roofing uh, is able to provide for customers in the Austin area. Thank you. Absolutely, and then I'd, I'd like to you know extend um, you know the uh, if anybody has any roofing needs or any roofing questions, please give us a call. Again, that number to give Peter and that team a call is 512-777-1086. You can check out their website, alpharoofingtexas.com. There you can find out more information on roof replacement, roof repair, maintenance plan. You can check out anything that you want to know about wind and hail inspections and roof inspection videos. They got it all there for you on alpharoofingtexas.com. You're listening to Ask the Experts and don't go anywhere. We got another half hour of the show coming up next. You're listening to Ask the Experts right here on Talk 1370, the show about your health, your life, and much more with our rotating cast of experts. To catch up on old episodes on Ask the Experts, you can visit talk1370.com slash experts. And of course, if you have any questions for any of our experts, you can send us an email, asktheexperts at talk1370.com. Our next guests in the studio are the gentlemen from the Reyes and Reyes Law Firm. We have Alberto de la Torre and Jose Antonio Garibay. Gentlemen, welcome back to the program. Thanks again for having us. Thank you. Um, so before we get started, let's let our listeners know a little bit about your law firm and about the services you provide. Well, we are at this point a regional law firm. We have offices in El Paso, Dallas, uh, Phoenix, Arizona area, and here in the Austin, uh, Travis County area. Uh, here in the Austin area, though, we I like to say that we service all of I-35. So if you are listening to us from Waco, San Marcos, San Antonio, and Austin, obviously, Llano, Fredericksburg, the Hill Country, oh, yeah. call us. Um, we are unique in the sense that unlike most law firms, we don't see clients by appointment. We have office hours. And mm-hmm. during those office hours, there's always an attorney present. So if you waltz in and you have questions regarding Social Security disability or anything really, we offer free consultations for that reason – um, you'll meet with an attorney. If I'm in uh, hearings, for example, Joe will be present and vice versa. If you call us and it's during our office hours, we're also available to you. So if you have questions, come through the front door, call us, visit our website. Our phone number is 512-371-1990. Our website is uh, reyesandreyes.com. You spell out the end. And again, um, where is your uh, location? Uh, we are at uh, 8011A Cameron Road here in, uh, I guess now would be considered Central Austin, mm-hmm. uh, Suite 101. You can't miss us. We have a big sign. It lights up at night. Even if we're not there, the sign is bright. It's a uh, race and race law firm. And again, this is your second time coming back onto the program. So again, welcome back. We are always happy to have you here. So let's uh, dive right into it. Um, you guys specialize in social security disability, and I would like our listeners to know a little bit about that topic. What is social security disability? Um, well, disability under the Social Security Administration is basically the inability to engage in substantial gainful activity by reason of any medically determinable physical or mental impairment uh, that's expected to last 12 months or is lasting more than 12 months or expected to last in death. Uh, so we help out with uh Clients, claimants, uh, they're in a situation where they can no longer work due to these mental or physical impairments, get Social Security benefits. 
is basically one of the things the federal government originally uh, got right in its inception. It's a program that you are eligible through the taxes that you have paid. Mm-hmm. So I pay my taxes, I work, and if something happens to me, I can solicit from the federal government my retirement as if I had reached the full retirement age. I can get 100% of my retirement even though I haven't reached the minimum age, which would be 62. I can get Medicare, uh, and I can have peace of mind. Many times we have all clients from all walks of life. Uh, the life doesn't go according to plan. Mm-hmm. It never does. It doesn't for anybody. So if we have someone who has been working for 30, 40 years, someone who has something happen to them, either an accident or just the strenuous activity that they've been exposed to throughout their work life at some point has to stop working, make that choice, they should come and visit us because that's exactly what we're here to do. We're here to help you get what is already yours. And again, there are, there are, there are different things like social security, disability, and then there's supplemental security income. Would you mind explaining to our listeners the difference between those two things? Sure. Under the Social Security Disability Program, that's based off your work history, uh, working and putting money into the system, paying your taxes. Uh, after 10 years of working, you get to put uh, four, four credits per year, so 40 credits is what you need to apply for disability, uh, unless if you're under 31, there's different rules for that. Uh, once again, I suggest speaking to an expert, an attorney about that if uh, you're under 31, if you're still curious about applying for Social Security Disability. Uh, but uh, essentially what you're doing is asking for your retirements at an earlier time because you can't make it to full retirement age after all, uh, once again, due to physical or mental impairments that are stopping you from working. So like Joe said, SSDI is something that is there as exactly what it is. It's an insurance. You pay for it. It's just like paying for long-term disability insurance through your employer. SSI, on the other hand, is there for people who haven't had the chance to work. Children, for example, um, homemakers, uh, people who haven't had that same access. SSI provides you with Medicaid as opposed to Medicare, and it provides you up to a certain amount of money that you can get per month, and that helps sometimes families get through. Uh, Medical insurance is expensive. Mm -hmm. We live in a country where medical insurance and medical prices are just going up, and that hasn't stopped. So when you have a family member, when you have a child especially who is dealing with significant health problems, who may require a lot of therapy, who may require help, SSI is many times an important choice that you can make for your family uh, to help get your family the access and the treatment they need so that they can get better. And is there an age requirement to qualify for disability benefits? Well, no. Uh, Social Security disability insurance, like Joe said, depends on your work you have to have had minimum payments uh, in the form of uh, 10 years or 40 work credits or the equivalent to that if you are under 31 because the rules change based on how long you've been able to work. Uh, similarly, you also have to have worked five of the last 10 years. You have to make sure that your insurance is current. For SSI, anybody can apply mm-hmm. as long as you meet the uh, residency and uh, resource requirements. Resource requirements. So. That's an important distinction, right? Ultimately, though, both programs are awarded to people who have significant medical impairments that prevent them from engaging in work in the national economy or that negatively and substantially impact their lives. And essentially, if uh, you're listening and you're not sure if you fall into any of these categories, don't be afraid to give us a call and ask questions or even come into our office. Uh, Once again, the phone number is 512 
371-1990. If you're at all curious whether or not you fit into this program, uh, at least give it a shot and give us a call. I should point out that Joe's voice is just as silky in person (laughs) as it is on the radio. So take that into account. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Ask the Experts right here on Talk 1370. We're sitting down with Alberto and with Jose with the Reyes and Reyes Law Firm. Of course, as I mentioned, if you have any questions, you can contact them uh, by phone, 512-371-1900. But of course, they do like speaking to their clients face-to-face. You can walk into their location at their listed office hours at 8011A Cameron Road, Suite 101. Uh, gentlemen, my next question would be, can you get more than one type of Social Security benefit? You're never going to hear me say yes or no. You're going to hear me say, depends. Depends. <laughs> because everyone's case is different depending on your resources, depending on your work activity, depending on your history. You may be eligible for one or both programs. You may be eligible for other programs. For mm-hmm. example, we get a lot of veterans who are currently receiving VA benefits and they can apply for Social Security Disability Insurance because in addition to having served the country, they also pay taxes. So many times, if you're receiving one thing, it potentially could also lead to you being able to apply for something else. Although, just as an aside, if you're getting veterans benefits, SSDI regulations and rulings aren't exactly the same. They don't mirror each other. So the way that we adjudicate these cases, the way the administration adjudicates these cases is different. Talk to us. If you have questions, come in. There is never a hard and fast answer, unfortunately, and everyone's case is extremely fact-dependent. So the theories that we apply to your case will be different from the theories that we would apply to anyone else's. Mm -hmm. And I think we have time for one more question before our first break. Uh, Do we have any specific medical conditions to qualify for Social Security disability? Uh, There are not any one specific uh, type of medical condition that you need. Uh, however, uh, as an aside, there is the compassionate allowance list, um, but that's something a little bit different. It's basically a de- determinable diseases that uh, meet Social Security standards for disability. Aside from the compassionate al- allowance list, you can have a combination of impairments that are affecting your ability to, to stop working. That's physical and mental impairments. Uh, it could be strictly mental impairments that are also stopping you from working, as well as strictly physical impairments. The most important thing, though, is to get all of this documented by going to doctors so that we have the evidence, the proof uh, to show the Social Security Administration why exactly you can no longer work. Essentially, the sooner you talk to us, the sooner we can guide you, the sooner we can advise you. We like our clients to help us develop the record. We want you to see doctors. We want you to be honest with yourselves and with your physicians. And the sooner you come and see us, the sooner we can answer these questions. Come into our office, call us, Our phone number is area code 512-371-1990. Our office is at 8011A Cameron Road, Suite 101. You can see us anytime during our office hours. That's 830 to 11, Monday through Friday, and 1 to 4, Monday through Thursday. During those hours, an attorney is always present. You can meet with an attorney, and the consultations are free. Meet with an attorney for free. Again, you're listening to Ask the Experts right here on Talk 1370. We're going to step aside for a quick break, and we'll be right back with the Reyes and Reyes Law Firm right here on Ask the Experts. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Ask the Experts right here on Talk 1370. We're sitting down with Alberto de la Torre and 
Jose Garibe with the Reyes and Reyes Law Firm. Gentlemen, before we went on the break, we were speaking about the different types of social security disability and uh, programs out there and how your clients can get a hold of you guys. You guys have a pretty open door policy when it comes to getting in contact with you. Can you let our listeners know how they can do so? Well, we try to be accessible. First of all, we take Mm walk-ins. So if you come in during our office hours, no matter who you are, we will meet with you. Our office hours are from 8.30 to 11, Monday through Friday, and 1 to 4, Monday through Thursday. Outside of those office hours, we're doing our filing. We're preparing our cases. We have to find time to do our uh, boring attorney work Mm -hmm. at some point. The research. But the vast majority of our day is dedicated to meeting with people. And again, a phone number to reach them at is 512-371-1900. Check them out on their website, reyesandreyes.com. They take walk-ins. Unlike most places that cut hair nowadays, you can actually walk into this law firm and speak to a lawyer the very same day. Um, So I'll ask you this, guys. um, Why do I need a lawyer? Or why would any of our listeners need a lawyer? You know, I always liken this to defending yourself in criminal court. You can technically serve as your own attorney. You can act as your own advocate. Whether that's advisable is a different story. Um, There's a saying, right? A person who represents himself as an attorney has a fool for a client. Uh, We know the rules and regulations. We are up to date on precedent. We interact with judges on almost a weekly basis. We've appeared before them at, at this point hundreds of times. We know what to look for. We know how to elicit testimony. We know how to rehabilitate our clients during hearings. And we know how to package a case in the light most favorable to you. These cases are about facts, but how you develop those facts, how you package those facts, and how you present those facts all have a bearing on how your case is ultimately decided. Talk to us. We're there to help you. We are there to advise you. Uh, I like to say that And I say this around the office all the time. I should apologize to Joe because I sound like a broken record. But I like to say cases are one in development. So when I meet with a client, the first thing I do is discuss their conditions. I discuss where they're being treated and what tests they have taken. Based on my knowledge, considering the various medical conditions that I deal with on a regular basis, I know what subsequent tests will be helpful and what judges will be looking for, whether it's medical observation or imaging or electromagnetic resonance studies or nerve conduction studies, all of that plays into the viability of a case. And if I could add, just statistically, uh, claimants who are represented by an attorney uh, win a good deal more often than those who are not represented by an attorney uh, with the Social Security Administration. And again, to get a hold of the Reyes and Reyes Law Firm, you can do so by visiting their website, reyesandreyes.com. Um, gentlemen, let's say a listener is already receiving benefits and then the government says that they are, are no longer disabled. What can they do with the situation? If you've received a letter saying that you're no longer disabled, you have to act fast. Uh, you have a few options uh, that you have to go through with. So definitely seek out an attorney as soon as you can. Uh, generally, there's a 60-day appeal time limit as well, uh, and you don't want your benefits to be taken away from you. Uh, so once again, just seek out someone that's knowledgeable in this area because it can be difficult to get your benefits back. It's a long process, and you're going to need somebody to help you out through this long process, even though you've already been found disabled. These cases are called cessation cases, 
And first, you'll get a redetermination. Typically at the redetermination, I don't advocate for hiring an attorney. I don't mind meeting with people when they're at that stage. I typically advise them being honest and forthcoming with the administration. But if you do get that letter saying that your benefits will stop, bring it to us immediately. Because Joe's right, there is a 60-day limit for filing your appeal, but there is a 10-day limit to choose to continue receiving your benefits during the pendency of your case. That's extremely important. Many of our clients, this is their only source of income. If all of a sudden that source of income stops and I say, well, this redetermination process can take a year and a half mm -hmm. and take 580 days, that's a long time without having an income. So talk to us. If you get a letter, even if you get anything from the administration that you're confused about, come and talk to us, visit us during our office hours. I love meeting with people in person because then I get to look at their paperwork. It's hard over the phone, for example, when someone gets a letter and says, Alberto, I got a letter. What should I do? Please, please come in with that paperwork. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when I can't see the letter, I, I don't know the right call to make. I need to look at the evidence. That's my number one policy. Our office hours are from 830 to 11, Monday through Friday, 1 to 4, Monday through Thursday. Anytime during those office hours, you will meet with an attorney that is extremely powerful. You will have free advice. And if we end up working together, we will help you see your case through. Can an attorney speed up the whole process? Look, that is always a loaded question for me, mostly because typically an attorney cannot speed up a process. We are subject to the whims of the administration. They make decisions on their timeline, okay? In certain cases, we can ask uh, the Office of Hearing Operations to consider a case faster, but most of the time it is inadvisable. These cases are one in development. We want you to be seeing doctors. Unless you have all the evidence necessary and unless you meet very, very specific guidelines, it's a dire need, right? In other words, you have to be different from everyone else who's waiting for a case for disability, then the likelihood of having your case sped up is very, very low. An attorney will help you win your case. An attorney will help you prepare your case. An attorney will protect you from saying things that can harm your case in front of a judge. We will coach you. We will advise you. We will collect all your evidence and we will be with you to protect you and serve your best interests when we are in front of the administration. And what if a client already has representation? The client has to ask themselves, are they happy with that representation? Uh, once again, the whole process is frustrating in general, so it's easy for them to be get frustrated even with someone that's trying to help them. But if uh, they truly feel that they're not being represented properly, they can seek other representation. Social Security Administration allows you to uh, change out attorneys if you have to, if you feel that that's a need. Uh, we're more than happy to talk to anybody that feels that they need better representation. Once again, that's 512-371-1990. Or you can visit us on a walk-in basis at 8011A Cameron Road, Suite 101. Visit our website, www.reyesandreyes.com. And just adding to what Joe was saying earlier, look, you don't go to a doctor and get a single opinion. You get a second opinion. Many times I inform people who already have representation that their attorney is doing what they should be doing. Mm -hmm. But there are odd circumstances and there are circumstances where people don't jibe. And the attorney-client relationship is extremely sensitive. It requires a lot of trust 
And it requires an open line of communication. If you can't get that open line of communication with someone that you're you're entrusting your life to, then talk to someone because this is the rest of your life. This is your retirement. This is your medical treatment. This is your overall well-being. If you wouldn't trust a single doctor to make one opinion for your case and you get a second opinion, do the same thing with an attorney. Well, I have a I have a question here, and it states that what if uh, my doctor says I cannot work and my condition is permanent? Uh, why am I still being denied benefits? That medical opinion is exactly that. It's a medical opinion, and it's evidence, and it's good evidence, especially if you have a long treating relationship with this doctor. If you waltzed in and met this guy once, and he writes this opinion down, and you say, I've had this condition for three years, that evidence is a little bit weaker. But if you've been seeing this doctor who renders this opinion for three years, for two years, all your life, that happens sometimes, believe it or not, then that opinion carries more weight. Notwithstanding that very obvious proposition, the administration has their own experts and they put forth their own evidence, they collect their own evidence, and ultimately that doctor is not the adjudicator. The administration is. So our job is to take that doctor's opinion, to put it together with that doctor's records with other doctor's records and to create a body of evidence that is consistent and supports that medical opinion. In other words, you got to see the forest and not just a single tree. And that's what we do. We're experts at tending to that forest. And uh, just to kind of add on to that, uh, a lot of times people, when they apply for a disability, it's after they've stopped working, and they've usually stopped working because an injury or something severe has very hap- uh, happened very recently. So that medical evidence isn't quite there just yet. Alberto mentioned it earlier. Uh, we had to kind of build up the case, uh, go to the doctors, and have everything in a proper order in order to show the Social Security Administration that, yes, you are disabled. And would a worker be able to go back to work? You know, that touches on several different issues. Um, The first way that I would address that is whether someone can work during their case while their case is pending. Typically, I do not advise it. If you earn more than a certain amount or if you're working more than certain hours, you do two things. One, you show that you can work in the national economy, which means that no matter what, the government will not pay you benefits. And two, you affect your credibility. I know people have to work. I know people have to survive right? But in that sense, those regulations are rather stringent. So if you are considering working during the pendency of your case, talk to us, come into our office. It's located at 8011A Cameron Road, uh, Suite 101 here in Austin, Texas. Visit us anytime during our office hours, 830 to 11, Monday through Friday, 1 to 4, Monday through Thursday. That's something that's important to consider. And then even if you've already finished your case, if you're receiving benefits and you're thinking about going back to work, that's another issue completely. Then you're considering a trial work period. And you can technically try. And I I tell people, look, try. Try to go back to work. I, I know that you want to. You're a human being, right? And you want to live your life independently and you don't want to be beholden to anybody. So the extent to which you can try and not harm your case is an important thing to consider. Whether it's during your case or after your case, talk to someone. 
because for a trial work period post case, the rules are pretty confusing and the considerations involved in a determination of SGA or substantial work activity or the determinations involved in seeing whether someone is engaged in what is known as an unsuccessful work attempt are different and each of them can have repercussions on your case, whether you have to change the date of your onset, whether you have to withdraw your case, whether you have to ultimately change the strategy for presenting your case before a judge, talk to us. There is a lot of thought that goes into these cases and what you do on a day-to-day basis can affect it. Like I said, these are very fact-intensive cases. These are very different cases, each from the other. Come and visit us. Where are they going to visit us, Joe? Uh, you're going to visit us here in Austin, Texas, 8011A Cameron Road, Suite 101. Or give us a call at 512-371-1990. You have anything to add to that? Uh, to what you're yes. talking about working? Um, you know, you just have, uh, especially after you've won a disability case, you just have to be very careful because that could lead to cessation of your benefits as well. Uh, it could also lead to an overpayment situation. And if you're in that type of situation, I highly recommend speaking to an attorney if you've received any type of notice like that. Jose and Alberto, I want to thank you again for joining us on the program. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Again, that's Jose and Alberto with the Reyes and Reyes Law Firm. Visit their website, Reyes and Reyes. That about wraps it up for this episode of Ask the Experts. I want to thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.